The world's most revered newspaper is shutting down its sports section, golf execs will face questions from Congress, and Tom Brady's production company has struck a major media deal. It's Tuesday, July 11th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. On Monday, the New York Times announced that it is disbanding its sports department. Here to discuss is Front Office Sports senior reporter A.J. Perez. Welcome, A.J. Thanks for having me back. So the Times bought The Athletic for $550 million in January 2022. And now The Athletic is kind of becoming the Times sports section, though there's some nuances there, of course. Uh, What does this all mean in terms of, you know, how The Times is going to approach sports? Yeah, you know, every, when that happened 18 months ago, that deal happened. It was a lot of people were worried about a lot of the workers at the in inside the New York Times sports section were, were worried about what would happen. You know, over the last several months, we've seen integration of stories, uh, the athletic stories appearing on the New York Times website, and now they're going to be taking over the entire sports section with all the employees around 40 being reassigned to other departments. And uh, it's 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 very tricky since uh, the athletic is non-union. The New York Times is union. They just got new contracts. And no one's losing their jobs on this. And a lot of the reporters are going to be moved to the, uh, to the business section where they'll still be reporting on sports and sports business. But it's a, it's a big loss. You know, they've, I've competed against them for in my entire career, with going from Balco to CTE and, and concussions to all the other big topics they cover. And it, I think it's a, it's a very big loss for uh, the sports media um, as a whole. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it is a strange day. I mean, even though they still have, you could say their sports section has gotten bigger from two years ago because they have the athletic. But yeah, the New York Times sports section, you know, they've broken some huge stories there out in front of, yeah, like the steroids in baseball, concussions in football. Uh, some of the biggest stories of the last few decades have come out of that department, have been broken there. Um, how How is the whole union, non-union thing? How do you see that shaking out? Uh, that's tough because uh, they haven't gotten back to us yet. Uh, but there, you know, I think there, there's probably, there, I've heard there's been whispers of, even before the New York Times acquired them, there, there's been whispers about uh, one of the two major unions um, starting up, uh, you know, starting up a kind of a drive, a push towards um, making the athletic, at least the reporters at the athletic and um, part of one of the, one of the two major unions uh, that really has not, uh, there hasn't been any news on that. I've been checking in on that for, for months. Um, so that's one part, a, a big part of it. I think this could spur, um, you know, uh, the Writers Guild um, or or CWA or somebody else coming coming in and saying, yeah, well, now you know, you're this is a reason why we need to get all together on the same page and and uh, possibly leading up to a vote to um, ratify a union. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how all this affects subscriptions to the Times, to the Athletic, I and mean, the the Times in its own story about disbanding its sports department mentioned that the athletic has never made a profit in, you know, since its existence. Um, So that's going to have to start happening or it's going to have to start, you know, bringing in more subscriptions for the times for this whole thing to be worth it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And there's probably not going to be profitable for at least a couple more quarters uh, because sports is, it's an expensive thing. You know, there's a lot of beat writers they have and they, and they went through around a couple months ago, several weeks ago, they went through a round of layoffs and lost about 20 reporters. Um, and, uh, they, one of the, one of the departments they actually, that, that was actually hit was, uh, the athletics business department. So this is maybe, it was kind of writing on the wall, maybe that, that, the, the fact that, uh, several of the times reporters and sports are now going to be going to the business side, you know, that, you know, could have, uh, you know, that could have, uh, you know, been, been part of it. 
uh, you're right. It's it's gonna they need to get the costs under control, and um, you know they even with the cutbacks, the the athletic uh, management said they will still have a higher headcount at the end, at at the end of the year as they kind of push uh, more resources and employees towards uh, the parts of the company that are the most profitable. And hopping topics real quick. It's not every day uh, the Golf Channel live streams a congressional hearing, but that's happening today. Congress is set to grill key players related to the deal, which is not yet a consummated deal between the PJ Tour and Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Uh, what's at stake here? Um, it's there's uh, we we figured Congress and the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice. You know, they'll all likely have a say or they you know, will have a say. I don't know if they'll, they'll, they'll exercise, you know, any control or any 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 issues. Well, part of the problem is we don't have a final agreement yet. We have a we have a framework and the framework doesn't provide a lot of details of what this new golf organization is going to be. We know the PGA board is going to have most of the control. Uh, Jay, Jay, uh, Jay Monahan is the, um, the, the commissioner of the PGA is going to have basically a CEO role with this new company. And the whole thing is like, we're going to hear, this is not a merger. This is a, you know, a partnership. And uh, what that partnership will look like, we still don't know. It, it's only, it, take, it could take many more weeks. So this is a little, it's like, it could be a little too early for these kind of hearings. And really, we're, we're only going to hear from the PGA side um, at these hearings today. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. We'll be keeping an eye on that. AJ Perez, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Up next, when you are as rich and famous as Tom Brady and Michael Strahan, in many ways, the world is your oyster. You have so many options and possibilities, but whatever you choose can be just as defining to your legacy as your playing career. For Brady, perhaps the biggest piece of the puzzle of his post-retirement life is Religion of Sports, the production company he started with Strahan and Gotham Chopra. I spoke to Religion of Sports CEO Amit Sankara about the ethos and ambitions of the company and its founders and about a major deal Religion of Sports announced with Fox Sports on Monday. That conversation is next. I am joined now by Amit Sankaran, CEO of Religion of Sports. Welcome, Amit. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So, you know, Religion of Sports, of course, is the production company co-founded by Tom Brady, Michael Strahan, and Gotham Chopra. How did you come to become the CEO? Um, I've been here at Religion of Sports since the beginning, about seven years ago. We've, uh, uh, you know, Gotham, Tom Michael started a show called Religion of Sports, which was on Audience Network for three years, which kind of profiled why sports matter, these kind of deep, uh, meaningful stories in and around the world of sports that we all enjoy that was on Audience Network. And we, uh, we approached and, and um, told Tom and Michael at the time, you know, this is going to be something that's a lot bigger than a show. That, uh, and we feel like we have a real opportunity to build a company. And so they joined as, as co-founders. I joined shortly after as CEO. And we've you know, scaled the company and been along for the ride as a creative company the last uh, better part of a decade now. And did Brady and Strahan need any convincing that this was more than a show? It was a full-on company with an ongoing production line? I think that you know, at the beginning, it was more of a trust thing. They'd gotten to know Gotham well. And, and, um, and, uh, and, and you know, they saw a lot in this being a kind of a creative endeavor and something that, uh, something that, that, that they were passionate about, that they'd given... They'd taken so much in a way from sports. The sports has given them so much. Um, they wanted to be able to give back. And I think that's there was a lot coming from that place. And now we've seen over the last, you know, seven years that this this it's been it's been it's been um something that has actually picked up quite a bit. There has been, you know, an appetite for more storytelling 
around the landscape across so many different mediums. So um, it's been an interesting space for sure. Yeah. And I wanted to get into that. How have you seen this space of, you know, diving into a, a person or a topic uh, that seems to have grown quite a bit in the last six, seven years since you guys have kicked off? Is that your perception as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think, I think if we, if we look even at early in our early decks and so forth, the projections of this market, it's been much faster, two to three times, I think, for the five year forecast and so forth that we had originally projected just for unscripted programming in sports. I think that's, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think you're right. There's a, it's, it's everything from profiling, uh, individuals. I think there's a lot of interest in that. Um, you know, what is the real story behind someone to, you know, obviously leagues and teams and historical franchises and so forth. So I think, I think there's just, there's sort of, um, just this appetite and interest that's, that's continued to, uh, to grow in terms of demand. Yeah. And my, my general take on this is that sports is the original reality TV. And that's part of the appeal is that in a sense, no one's trying to entertain you exactly. They're trying to win a game, but watching them do that and just being human beings in this endeavor is itself entertaining. But do you think it's as simple as that? Or are there, is it just that we've kind of hit on this form of media that people really like seeing these athletes behind the scenes and what it takes and what their lives are? Or is there any other factors that you think have emerged over the last, say, decade or whatever um, that have helped kind of amplify this trend? Yeah, I think it's, I think it is, you know, the reality TV analogies, a good start. I think that what we would say is the big, the big dis distinction, at least from our perspective on the, uh, to that, or a way to, a way to frame that a little bit differently would be the peak performance angle, which is, you know, you're talking about, and you can pick whoever you want, Tom Brady or Strayan, if you use our co-founders or so many others who've been profiled, Steph Curry, I know has a new doc coming and so forth. Conor McGregor, we just worked on, but you have all these athletes who on their dimensions have excelled in like, forget about the top 1%, the 0.0001% on, um, in terms of performance. And so how did they get there? What is, what is the formula for success? And there it's always the same set of elements. And that's something that we talk a lot about, which is it's some version of sort of, yes, there's a physical element, but it's so much around mental and emotional that gets in this conversation everyone we talk to has a version different. They use different words to describe it, but they all say kind of physical is no longer a conversation here. Now it's about mental and emotional and about how do I manage that? And because that's this, that's what separates at that level. Really. I think that's a really, really interesting element here because what you find when we go through that is there are these sort of elements that these, all these athletes pull on to drive towards that, that, that level of greatness but then there still are all these flaws that are there because nobody's perfect. Yeah, I noticed the the theme of elite level ability uh, uh, among your your subjects. Yeah, you, uh, you, you mentioned a bunch. You know, Simone Biles is in there. You've got one on John Madden, sort of taking a uh, you know, which we think of more as a broadcaster now, but obviously he's got that huge NFL career. Um, and, and yeah, it definitely feels like you know that's part of your brand is is the best of the best. And I do think those subjects, I mean, they're inherently interesting because they're so good at what they do. But also, yeah, I have to agree that people who get that good at something have something that it's it's borderline pathological in them where they are just hyper competitive and often hypercritical of themselves and always looking to to be a little bit better. I mean, you know, the Jordan doc, I think, is now the um, 
the, um, the the classic example of this, where he's still holding on to grudges from, you know, whatever, 20, 30 years ago of one guy who insulted him. And then he had to score 50 points on him to show them that, you know, I, I'm the best. You can't you can't touch me. Um, so I think those those, uh, you know, relationship, emotional, mental issues, um, it's not always easy being those people because they are are so, so driven. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, Kobe also is a classic example of that when Gotham worked with him on his Doc Muse. And yeah, similar, right? It's this version of just continuous perfection um, uh, and just relentless. Uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we announced uh, a Doc with Serena as well. I mean, the same thing to, to have this, to have this longevity of, of perfection requires this level of dedication. That's just, it's uncanny. And yeah, having content be a version of how to bring that to life through their kind of first person storytelling of that. And then your ability to see that, um, you know, as a formula where there's just kind of continued intrigue also, because I feel like people are able to then take away some version of lesson, which is like, what is, what is that? What, what do I see in myself around that? Or how can I leverage that to teach my kids something differently or inspire? You know, we, we always talk also about how with, you know, man in the arena, the doc we did with Tom Brady, he, Tom talks a lot about how some of the, some of the, the, the messages he got that he was most inspired by is how other fathers in particular would reach out to him and say they, they taught their son or daughter something based on a lesson about leadership or teamwork or resilience that Tom talked about in a very tangible way, which, which I think sports also lends itself to. And speaking of, of Tom Brady and Michael Strahan, do you have any stories from either or both of them, you know, sh- showing how they, they want this, this company to, to be going forward? Yeah, I think, look, the, the, the two messages that they both, both of them have been pretty, pretty consistent. Uh, Tom's message always from the beginning has been premium, premium, premium. It's always a, a message of around, you know, what I'm most proud of is every time I see something you know, we've been lucky enough to win five different sports Emmys and, and awards and, 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 but it's just the quality of the, of the storytelling, the quality of the creativity. And I feel like that's one of the things he brings to the table is just, you know, everything he's been involved with obviously on the field has been elite. And he's most proud of that is how do I, now I'm involved with the most elite creative storytelling. Um, and of course, Michael, uh, responds, I think, very similarly and, and thinks about that. But he has a different mindset. Um, also, he's able to bring to the table, which is just around how do I think about all these different connections that I make in the world? He's got a different um, uh, production business that he's involved with called Smack that does a lot of different content, a lot of things in the especially game show universe and so forth. He's, of course, on GMA, he's on Fox. So how does he kind of connect dots in so many different ways? And how does he, he just wants to find ways, he just wants to be part of something great. And um, and that is going to be, you know, uh, just elite level media company. So so they both have, yeah. I think I think just the similar thing we talked about before is the same thing they strive for on the field, strive for in business, which is just push. Like, how do we just continue to get better, be better, and be bigger? But 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 kind of lean into what we think we do best, which is creativity and quality storytelling. I understand you are embarking on a a major deal with Fox Sports. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, so we're we're just announcing um, that uh, Religion of Sports is partnering with Fox Sports uh, Films um, to produce kind of new original um, uh, films with a, kind of an insider perspective on several athletes, and so we're 
announcing the first one of those, um, which is baseball's greatest moments with the kid Miro. And so it's a different style. It's still kind of um, unforgettable moments and fascinating stories from past MLB All-Star games, but it's also very much personality driven here. And so it's a different style of content uh, and something we're really excited to partner with Fox on. Yeah. And this is the first of uh, a multi-year thing. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. This is a multi-year project with Fox Sports Films. Uh, and, uh, and so this will be the first project and we'll have several more, several more coming we're excited to jump into. And will there be any kind of theme or feel that'll be distinct from religion of sports or is that still kind of wet clay right now? I think it's, 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 it's our, our version of it. And we're, we're doing this. I'm sure, I'm sure many are doing this, but we're, we're like same DNA. So same kind of why sports matter. What are, what are kind of some deeper human emotional storytelling, but with different formats. So this format is a, a one hour doc, but more almost hosted. Right. And so I think there's different, but sort of lean leery as you'll see it really into kid Miro and personality. Um, uh, and so, so that th- those will be different ways in which we'll test um, formats to still get to the same, um, uh, same, same ultimate DNA, but with different kind of format. I mean, Sankaran, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate it. That is it for today. The MLB All-Star Game is tonight, and we will be looking back at the first half of a transformative season later in the week. Plus, we have some great interviews on tap. Subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.